Someone to talk to. Hey, baby, won't you talk to me? If you need someone to listen, you know you can always count on me. I can keep a secret. You can tell me what you want. Whisper what you're thinking. I'm never gonna talk. Cause I know that loose lips, they sink ships, and I wanna stay afloat. Not is ever broken Welcome back. I'm Richard Sachs. I'm your host on Lost Arts Radio. It's nice to be with you again. And we have a fun guest tonight. I was hoping that we could get on soon, and she was available, Dr. Rita Louise from Texas, and she's a naturopath and also uh, does some special work in counseling for trauma. And that really is relevant right now for the trauma that everybody's been being put through which most people really are not even comfortable enough to look at where it's coming from. And besides the regular life trauma we've got, we've got our rulers adding a lot of trauma to it with the usual fake uh, pandemic kind of thing, which has all kinds of potential trauma sources in it, especially when they say the reaction to the pandemic should be hide your face, shut down your business, don't make any more money, become dependent on the government, inflate the currency, uh, don't look at sunsets. Some some of the rulers around the world are saying, don't look at anybody in the eyes. I mean, they're almost intentionally doing things that would add to trauma. So it's going to be interesting to see what Dr. Louise is running into and especially what she does to help people. So welcome and thanks for being here, Dr. Louise. I appreciate it very much. And you can call me Rita or Dr. Rita. All my good friends call me Dr. Rita. Okay. And, and that, <laughs> yeah, I would tend to call you Rita if that's not that's fine. unacceptable. Nope, that's acceptable. Um, so let's start with some you know, background to introduce you to people on a personal level, how you got into the position you are now with doing this kind of work, uh, why you got interested in that, and how your background led you up to this point. You know, it's a very interesting story, um, and it, it starts really far back. So growing up, we were required to read a book every two weeks. So we didn't get our allowance based on like doing chores or just got our allowance because we got an allowance. We had to read a book. That was your parents requiring that, right? Yes. Okay. And I, even at an early age, was not interested in reading fiction. So like Nancy Drew or I don't even know what books, you know, young teenagers would read. You know, and I gravitated to the archaeology and anthropology department at the library and kind of worked my way through that. And then, you know, and I totally date myself here, you know, but there was a TV series called The Amazing Kreskin. And there was another series called The Sixth Sense about a college professor who had ESP and he solved mysteries using this extrasensory perception. Okay. And... you don't remember the amazing Kreskin? No, what year was that? Because I'm older than you are, I think. It was like 73. 
in the early I, 70s. I missed it somehow. I don't know. Was it a good show? The Amazing Creskin. So the Amazing Creskin was a mentalist. And so he would like bring people up on stage and like do psychic stuff. And I actually got to see him in person. Oh, wow. And I, it, it was like a bucket list item. It really was. And I got to go up on stage. Wow. What did you, what, so exciting. What, did, what did you ask him? I didn't ask him anything, you know, because he was just doing these, these acts, you know, and yeah. doing different things. And the person, one of the people I went with was my office mate. And he was a, like a close up magician. Right. Uh Not really great, but you know, he did it for some extra money. And so I asked him, I said, okay, so I mean, you know, you do magic stuff, you know, you noticed anything. And he was like, no, not at all. And so he was truly amazing. You know, you mean he wasn't tricking people? Apparently not. Just demonstrate. Yeah. I've seen a couple of people like that too. And, um, and so. You know, I became interested in psychic phenomena, you know, and my goal at 12 years old was to become psychic. Okay. And, um, you know, so I moved from the archaeology and anthropology books to the psychic books, which there was only, you know, like five uh, before it got into witchcraft, which was like a little bit too weird for me. And um, what psychic abilities did you want to develop? You know, it wasn't really clear then. There's a lot more literature, you know, but back in the mid-70s, there just wasn't a whole lot, you know. And as time moved on, you know, we had writers like Carlos Castaneda, you know, and Ram Dass, but that was still in the latter part of the 70s when their work really hit the public scene. Yeah, I remember. And, um, you know, and then just went on this, you know, long period of, you know, self-discovery, wanting to be psychic, try to learn tarot cards, try to learn astrology, try to learn all this stuff. None of it worked. I mean, literally none of it worked. But you were honest Uh, enough to say it's not working. Yeah. And okay. All right. So So I um, found the Berkeley Psychic Institute. I was living in California, found the Berkeley Psychic Institute, started studying with them. Right. To discover that I had been very psychic my whole life and no one ever put the dots together for me. You know, you're so not, you're, you're not supposed to realize that's normal, right? Well, apparently it was normal for me. I know, but but you weren't aware of it, you said. Well, you know, when you walk up to someone and just in a you know, there's a whole backstory to this. You know, and you walk up to them and you look them in the face because they have a little Band-Aid on the top of their head and go, well, where were you yesterday having them check for a brain tumor? Now, who would one say that, you know, and then to have it actually be true, (laughs) that's where they were the day before having them check for a brain tumor. And that's what the Band-Aid was for. Um, I didn't even I was like, wow, that's a weird coincidence. That's just, you know a very synchronistic thing. I never would have put the psychic word with that. Right. Right. Um, You know, so studied with them, you know, and I mean, that's really all I've done since that point in time. I've gone back to school. I got a degree as a naturopath, which is a holistic physician that works with people with non-invasive 
healing modalities. Yeah. Uh, so herbs, supplement, diet, exercise, you know, anything that doesn't require slicing and dicing and medication. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and have worked with people, you know, on personal issues, on health-related issues, you know, and more and more on trauma-related issues because if you're manifesting physical disease, there is usually something going on inside of you that is messed up emotionally that is causing you to get sick in the first place. Yeah, I, I've noticed there are both uh, aspects usually happening. Like very often people are doing things as a naturopath, you would know that that are not healthy. They're eating junk food or they're never exercising or they never go in the sun. But in addition to that, there's almost always a gigantic emotional aspect. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's unconsciously. Well, it's part of their life and it's part of their life history. And it sticks in them because it created some kind of trauma. Right. You know, right so right. I've had people where they're, you know, I'll say, oh, well, you know, I'm like poking around. I, I like to do this, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I'll be poking around on a body part and I'll, just start talking about, oh, well, when you were like 25, it's like you experienced this betrayal and, you know, it affected you this way, you know, and that's what's sitting underneath the health condition. Right, right. And many people will say, oh, well, I'm over that. And I'm like, no, because I'm finding it in your body. It's What they mean is they've made it so that they don't notice it anymore. Correct. Exactly. But I'm noticing it in their body. Now, wow. I have had some people where I'll bring something up and I, or they'll bring something up <laughs> and I don't find it. I don't find it in the body. And those people have actually healed that area fully so mm-hmm. that it's not affecting them anymore. Okay. Much rarer <laughs> to find that than yeah. it's stuck somewhere. You know, and with some people, there could be the core issue, and then there can be layer upon layer upon layer of right. issues that sit on top of it. And it's no wonder that it breaks through the surface and, and turns up as illness. So I would think, well, okay, several things. One is, how did it go after you started really wanting to develop what you called psychic abilities? What happened with that? I mean, when I realized, so I was in the training program for three weeks when I came to the realization that I had been very psychic my whole life. What kind of training program? What did they do? At the Berkeley Psychic Institute. I mean, basically they created, okay, so their philosophy, and I I support this philosophy, is that everybody has psychic abilities, you know, but it's kind of like dancing. You know, some people can dance really good. And other people, not so much. And what they do is create situations where, okay, we want you to look at this. We want you to look at this because they teach clairvoyance, which is the art of looking, you know, in, inner looking. Yeah, okay. And, and then you would look and then report what you saw. You like know? What, what's a typical situation they would tell you to look at? Um, so... You know, one of their big things was doing aura readings, you know, and so there are seven layers of the aura. And so 
the first layer of the aura has to do with the physical body. It has to do with our ability to ground into the earth. It has to do with our survival. The mm-hmm. emotion that's tied to it is fear. You know, so you have kind of these keywords that go along with it. And so you would sit there and, and internalize. I mean, because really doing this kind of work is really about internalizing questions. It's like, well, are they scared? You know, are, is there fear in their body? Where is it sitting? You know, and if they're scared, what are they scared about? You know, okay. so you're asking yourself that silently, probably. Right? Correct. Correct. And just see what comes up. Correct. But it's always in relation to their physical body. You know, or to their body. Was that true? Was that true in the three week uh, training course too, with relation to? Oh no, this was a year long training course. It was an intensive year long training course. I just came to the realization that I was very psychic when I was in the third week of the year long training. Okay, Um, so in that year long training, it was also in relation to the physical body, or not? So basically, they taught you how to do psychic reading. So you would look at things like. Uh, aura reading was kind of their bread and butter, aura readings, chakra uh, readings, past life readings. But then they had psychic fairs and they had all of these booths. And so there'd be like a relationship booth. And so if you were in the relationship booth, all you would do is have people that had relationship questions come and ask their questions, you right. know, or they had a past life booth or a finance booth. And so, you know, you would be challenged to like work with people and answer their questions. Which is still asking it inside, right? To see Correct. what you would respond. Well, I mean, there's taking their question. You know, there's the adage that says, if you ask a question, you'll get an answer. I know. And so, I know. you know, and so there are a lot of people that believe that, you know, you can just walk up to somebody and just see all of this stuff. And for me, I mean, maybe it's different for other people, but for me, it's really about asking the question. It's, you know, the difference between going online, looking for an answer and typing all or asking something much more specific, because mm-hmm. if they have a question, they want a specific answer. You know, they don't want like weird, non-related Things And so the more specific your question can be, your internalized question can be, the more specific you can be back. So as an example, let me give you an example. You know, so there would be a lot of people that would come, women that would come and want to know, when when am I going to get into a relationship? Okay. So that would be the question. And from a ethical place i don't believe that we can predict the future not in a consistent ongoing basis you know not that we can't have june 15th or something like that right yeah you know you can have prophetic moments but in the general sense of the word i don't believe that you can just sit there and go you know like next tuesday you know you're going to get hit by a bus i mean it doesn't work that way yeah yeah and so i would take their question and flip it internally, and I would ask myself, what's keeping them from getting in a relationship? Well, one, do they want to get in a relationship in the first place? Because sometimes they ask, well, when am I going to get in a relationship? And the reality is, is they don't even want to. Well, that's the difference between conscious desire and subconscious desire, right? 
They may be in exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, you know, and so when I get, you know, they really don't want a relationship, but like mentally they, they say so I'll just look at them and kind of laugh. It's like, but you don't even want to be in one. You don't want to deal with it. You know, so why are you here asking me? Right. (laughs) So people need to have help getting in touch with what they actually want. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. Exactly. More, more integrated. You know, there are, a lot of times where, you know, so when you do this kind of work, I mean, there are a lot of times that you're working with complete strangers. I need to stop touching this table because I'm wobbling everywhere Um, where you're working with complete strangers. And so they'll ask a question and you provide them with all of this information. And every so often they'll get a little upset. It's like, well, I already knew all of that. And it's like, okay, but I don't know you. And I don't know that you already knew all of that. Right. So you have to let them know that their responsibility in the interaction is to ask certain things to guide you toward what they do want feedback on, right? But that was what they wanted feedback on, but that they already knew the answer. So okay. it's kind of like, okay, well, now you've been validated that what you already knew is what you should be knowing. Right. And also, you know, by the way, you already, that's what you asked me. Uh-huh. So I was answering you. <laughs> People are funny, you know? Well, sometimes then, they're attached to being upset about something. Right. Whatever right. it is. You know, but then on the flip side, I also have a number of clients that will sit there and go, thank you for validating what I've been feeling. You know, I've been thinking about that for a while, you know, but it, or I just couldn't really put my finger on it or I couldn't put words to it but I kind of had this feeling that there was something in this area, you know, Uh so it's interesting. It's never the same. When you, when you went to naturopath school, Mm -hmm. were you you thinking that you wanted to focus more on the physical side or, or were you aware that you were going to put them together? I was aware that I was going to put them together. So one of the things, so when I left, studying at Berkeley, because you can stay there for a million years, but I moved from California to Washington State. And that's uh-huh. where I started my private practice. And one of the things, and I had noticed it earlier, but I really didn't put a finger on it, was that I was constantly finding people's health issues. You know, like you have a bad back, you know, I mean, just health-related concerns. Mm-hmm. And the first question they would ask is, well, what can I do about it? And That's I had a good nothing. question. Yeah, I, and and it's a it's a valid question. You it's know, the whole point of finding out what's wrong is to fix it. But they weren't necessarily soliciting health information from me. You know, they maybe would come for an energy work session. You know, or they maybe would come for something else, but then mm-hmm. it would inadvertently turn up as part of the reading. You know, that I would just find the stuff. But again, the question would be, well, what can I do about it? And so that kind of led me to go get some training so that I could give them some answers other than, well, you should meditate or pray about it. And that was (laughs) the the naturopath school. Correct. Correct. Okay. All right. So the naturopath school came after you were already really involved in all the psychic related stuff. Correct. Right. So, and then how did you put them together? Well, it made it so that I could answer their questions. 
I mean, because after a while, people started coming to me with their health questions. Okay. You know, so I could actually, you know, and I don't want this to sound too weird, but, you know, I'll sometimes have people come and they'll ask me about something or there's something going on. Mm-hmm. And I just start talking to them about like some remedy or some therapy, but on like a very frontal conscious level, I don't really know what I'm talking about. I mean, it's almost like I'm just channeling the information. I mean, that doesn't happen all the time, but it's just, um, I know what that feels like. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I mean, personally, I would have been okay being read of the psychic chick that talks about your relationships. Uh-huh. I am so good with just like dishing up gossip in relationships, you know, and you know, cause one of the things that I'm really good at is looking at energy dynamics, looking at the movement and flow of energy between two people mm-hmm. inside your body, you know, inside an organization, but really looking at, you know, that dynamic. Right. So I would have been happy just being rid of the, you know, relationship girl. Um, Mm. But that's not what the world and the universe had in store for me. (laughs) So so how do you present what is available now to people that would want to talk to you? You know, so now, you know, I don't promote myself as Rita the psychic chick. I promote myself as Dr. Rita the medical intuitive. Okay. You know, oh, that's interesting. Okay. You know, because relationship stuff comes up during the session, personal stuff comes up, you know, so there's still, you know, there's addressing what's going on physically, you know, and I do no tests, you know, I don't do blood work. I don't do urinalysis. I don't do muscle testing. I don't do any of those things that a traditional naturopath would do. Right. I just do a reading on their physical body. You know, and then engage my doctor brain. And I've done this so long that I can tell this is the doctor brain talking and this is the intuitive brain talking. And And you know how to integrate them? They play off of each other. You know, like the doctor brain might say, oh, well, you might want to do this, you know, because this is like the appropriate therapeutic, you know, like take milk, milk thistle to cleanse your liver, you know, but then I go back and go, well, intuitively, well, how is this person's body going to deal with taking milk thistle? Right. You know, and sometimes it's good. And sometimes it's like, no, 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 cancel that, cancel that. They need beats, you know? And so they kind of, because the doctor brain has a lot of information mm-hmm. and the intuitive brain just looks at it and goes, this is what feels right. You want this right here. Right. And you, your, your experience is confirming that that comes out pretty accurate most of the time, right? There are times where I will get some weird word in my head, you know, and the one I like using is hydrangea. You know, now I have hydrangeas growing in my backyard. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, you know, it's like I get and I don't even remember in this second what you would use hydrangeas for, you know, me- medicinally. It is you know, but medicinal, though. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I'll get like hydrangeas and I'm like, 
okay, so I just heard hydrangeas, you know, and they have like some urinary issue going on, you know? Uh So I'm like, okay, hang on one second. I get on my computer and I'm like, hydrangeas, bladder infection or something like that. And boom, 99.5% of the time, whatever weird thing is in my head Uh is the remedy that that person needs. And it works well. And it works well. See, that's really unusual because for the mainstream naturopath now, and the schools especially, they're really proud of moving more into allopathic medicine and becoming part of the industry. And they may be using more non-synthetic remedies, but they're Mm -hmm. still mostly uh, symptomatic focus. So it's it's not so much what's going on emotionally in the person or in the lifestyle that's not good. It's here's the so-called natural equivalent of a drug, which they prescribe using tests and things like that. And a lot of the naturopathic schools are even supporting vaccines and drugs now to a great degree. Mm. You know, but they also, it's like if you're presenting with these symptoms or if the testing says you have this, Right. You know, they have their they have their protocol. This is the treatment that they use. And here's a paper. And this is what you need to do. It's really a medical system. Yeah. You know, and with me, it's kind of like, you know, we have this series of choices. See, the doctor brain goes, here are the choices that you have. And now intuitive brain, go ahead and pick the right one for this person. Right. How interesting. And you can do this kind of thing. Anywhere, right? As long as over the phone, internet access. Yeah. No, I mean, I just do it over the phone. Or, telephone. I mean, I could do it on Skype. I've done email sessions with people, which are a little weird, but I've done them and they've been happy with them. Wow. That's interesting. So you, you have a time lag, but you're stu- still tuning into it irrespective of the time lag, right? Correct. With you know, because it helps having a little bit of dialogue. <clears throat> Yeah, person versus just being or it makes me feel safer. I'll say it that way. It makes uh, me feel safer having a little bit of dialogue it, as opposed to kind of doing a cold call on. Uh, right. Somebody. Right. Yeah. I would think the email people should be encouraged to talk to you if they're willing to. Huh? Well, usually it's people that are in different countries that mm-hmm. don't have that kind of Internet access. You know, they can't do Skype type things, you know, and and they can't afford to call, you know, so, or I've had some people that are like hearing impaired, Mm. you know, and have some other issue going on that makes it so that they really can't do a phone session. That's difficult. Yeah. Skype has a good uh, feature that you can call phones in a lot of different countries, very cheap Mm -hmm. from your Skype in case they can't afford it. So in some circumstances that might be helpful. I mean, I don't have that many of them, so it's kind of a... Once in a while. You know, actually, I think I've had more, like, hearing impaired people contact. You know, like, that tends to be more the issue. Right. And it's an accessibility. Yeah. And how many of the... What percentage of the people are coming for health issues versus emotional trauma? Uh... Most of them. Usually they come with health issues and then it transition into transitions into addressing the emotional trauma. You know, okay. my, my belief is that 
in order to really heal the body, you have to heal the trauma. I mean, I can give you supplements to take, but it's only going to fix what's on the surface. It's not going to really fix what caused it in the first place. Yeah. And what have you noticed, if anything, over the last two to little over two years with the increase in trauma? Do you see a difference in what people are reporting? That's a good question. Um, I mean, a lot of people are complaining about like more fatigue, not feeling grounded, um, not sleeping. I mean, those are the basic kinds of issues. You know, and one of the things, you know, that I was kind of speaking to you about is that people don't realize that what we've been through over the past couple of years is trauma producing, you know, that many people now probably have some kind of PTSD going on and don't recognize it. Do you work with kids at all? Not really. Now, I mean, I will work with the parents with the child, but not like usually my line is like 16. You know, Mm -hmm. if they're really mature, I'll go a little bit younger. I mean, because they have to be able to help themselves. Well, right. And if you want to do anything helpful for smaller kids, you've got to work with the parents, I would think. Correct. Correct. Interesting. So um, you're not necessarily noticing a big increase in trauma over the last two years compared to before. And again, I'm going to say it's like, I don't think people recognize that they're experiencing trauma right now. Right, right. You know, it's like they're just stuck in the fear. They're stuck in the anxiety and they just keep waiting for it to end. You know, but that is the definition of creating trauma is that you're in a place of fear and anxiety that you can't get out of. What about the whole mask phenomenon? Where oh, that's just a joke. You faces know, being covered and breathing is impaired and things like that. You know, people don't come to me with that. And my feeling is, is that as far as my practice is concerned, I'm not going to start seeing those people for a few years. And what was really interesting, Mm. you know, Richard, this was really interesting. When COVID hit, I feared my phone would be ringing off the hook. Do Mm. I have COVID? Wait, tell me, do I have COVID? Wait, tell me, do I have COVID? And it has been actually on that front relatively quiet, like surprisingly quiet. And I have some kind of hypochondriacy kind of clients and uh, no. That is interesting because the, we're being told by the television and the medical authorities that basically every other disease is canceled and it's all COVID now. Pretty much. Whatever is bothering and you. And then you're going to die. You know, yeah, you definitely die. <laughs> I, I think the real danger and, you know, what I expect you'll be seeing more of later is people trying to overcome the results of the vaccine. And I've been waiting for that. I have observed people who have, I'm going to say, vaccine-related injuries, mm-hmm. but they don't really want to say it was the vaccine. Right. You know, primarily what I've been seeing is 
you know, I haven't had the heart issue stuff happen. Okay. Um, but I've had like some shingles people. Um, mm. There has been a rash of people having chronic diarrhea, hmm. okay. which they don't even talk about. Right. You know, but I think it's going to manifest in whatever your weakest organ is. You know, we have yeah. organs that are really strong and then there are ones that, you know, get attached. And I think right. that that's where it's going to turn up. You know, the sad thing is, and there's not. So I did a bunch of research for a while or looking for what you can take to like detox the spike protein. And there is not really like pine needle tea is one of the things that you can use. Right. Uh, star anise tea is something. Mm-hmm. But this that information came out like a year ago. And these are people just kind of putting out this might work. Uh, I've seen exactly the same thing. I don't know anybody who's working on it that's really found the answer. And there might not be an answer. Yeah, I don't like to accept that, but it could be true. I mean, on a physical level anyway, because we've been talking to, you know, the doctors that are brave enough to really look at it openly. And, And even most of those can't comprehend that the history of vaccination has never shown disease prevention at all. It's just that this one is a lot worse. And we've had some on recently that are saying, you know, categorically, there's no answer. There's no remedy because it's got self-assembling nanotech and Mm -hmm. all this stuff in it. But I don't like to just accept that, even though they could be technically correct, because there's going to be millions of people out of the billions who are victimized by that, who are realizing, well, maybe that was not a really good idea. And what do I do to get better now? And I think it's a high priority to try to help them if we can. You know, I mean, there are the basic things that you would do to detox the body, you know, support the liver, milk, thistle, stuff like that. You know, cilantro to do the heavy metal type detoxing. So there are those things, but I mean, they're good for everybody to do, but I don't know my feeling. Okay. So this is my feeling about the vaccine Mm -hmm. is that. Once it's in there, it isn't going anywhere. You know, it's kind of like, okay, you know, if you break your arm, you can't unbreak your arm. I I hate to say it, but, I, you know, so far we don't have a a basis to contradict that. And I think one of the reasons is it's engineered to change you genetically. Right. Again, once you break your arm, you can't unbreak it. Or, you know, people will come, I'll have people will come to me. And they have something going on, you know, they can't move their arm real good or whatever. Um, And I'll look at them and it's like, well, you've had surgery. And they're like, yeah, you know, I'm like, well, you know, now you have adhesions because you had the surgery, you know, and you could work to have the adhesion broken up and, you Mm -hmm. know, do something to support movement. Right. But you can't undo the surgery because the deed is done. Yeah, so you, there's prevention where you can reach people before they do something like that. But then there's a lot of people, you know, the the learning process for humans, the way it usually works is going through some bad experience, you know, of self-harm that you didn't realize was harmful. 
and then saying, wow, that's what happened. And now what do I do? And I mean, the vast majority of the population is in that category from something. But, you know, the medical profession, you know, push it. They do things to scare you. Uh-huh. They do things to make it sound like they know everything and you know nothing. It's part of the training. And it's part of it. And so they, you know, gaslight. I don't want to say gaslight, but they kind of bully people yeah. into doing things. You know, I've had, I mean, I've had a lot of people, a lot of people you know, that are a little bit more aware, alive, you know what I mean? You know, and they kind of check in on their body. And, you know, the doctor says, oh, well, you need to have this surgery. You need to have this knee replaced, you know, whatever, right. whatever, you know. And so they call me and, and you know, they're like, ah, and they're scared, you know, because now the doctor's saying, hey, you need to do this. Right. Um, and you need to do it now. It's always uh, immediate. Yeah. Yeah. And if, you, so, if you wait, you're a bad person, irresponsible and all that. And actually, I'm going to tell you a quick story after, to, after I make this statement. You know, and so they want to know, do I need it now? Is there something else I can do? And Those are really good questions. It's great that they're asking you that. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, and I get a lot of people that do ask that. So mm-hmm. quick story that kind of goes with this. And it's it's. It's, it's a girl issue story, so I hope no one gets, like, weird about it. No, you know, but I had a client came to me, and she had uterine fibroids, which mm. are gross, but they're non-cancerous. Right. And they can um, cause a woman to have bleeding. Yeah. And so the bigger, there's two issues that happen. One, they can have a lot of discomfort because they can be big and right, right. push on organs. So that's one issue. And right. then the other issue is the bleeding and the bleeding can become quite heavy and create anemia and create secondary issues. Right. And so she had gone to the doctor and the doctor told her she had fibroids. And of course, she needed a hysterectomy. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. And so she wanted to know if she needed to get a hysterectomy or, you know, what she could do. You know, so I looked at it. The bleeding wasn't bad. The fibroids weren't that big. And I said, this is what I'm getting. You know, you need to go on a program. And I don't do things with women's hormones because they're too complicated for me. Um, They're actually too complicated for almost everybody. They just don't admit it. Yeah. <laughs> I said, but you need to go on a program, you know, with lots of cleansing and get your hormones balanced and blah, blah, blah. Right. Right. Gave her a program, gave her the brain food, though. She was a very smart lady. Uh-huh. I said, if you start today, within six months, things will have cleared up or cleared up enough that you won't have to get the surgery. I right. said, but if you just kind of blow it off and go, oh, well, I'll, I'll get to it and don't really take proactive measures, right. then in six months, you're going to need to go get the surgery. You yeah. know, So I kind of gave her that window. Well, then I shifted my focus. True story. Cross my heart, hope to die. And I looked at her and I'm like, do you have a boyfriend? And she said, yeah. And I looked at her and I said, well, you need to dump him. <laughs> and she looked at me like, what? And I said, I go, you keep giving to him in the hopes that he's going to give back to you in the way that you want and need. And he's never going to do that. And that's Mm -hmm. what's causing the fibroids in the first place. And this is something you saw internally, or you got a feeling that you interpreted to mean that. 
Correct. Correct. You know, but I was focusing on the fibroids and that emotion, that behavior. Right. But that behavior was tied to what was causing the fibroids. Wow. So the session ends, great session. She's going to go talk to somebody else, you know, to get, go on a protocol. Leave. She, she leaves. So it's like a year later. I don't know. It was later. And I'm at a wellness expo. And she comes up to me. And she was like, ah, oh, Dr. Peter. And so I'm like, hey. She goes, <laughs> she was like, they're gone. And I'm like, what do you mean they're gone? She goes, my fibroids. And so I said, well, what did you do? She goes, I got rid of them. (laughs) And I said, so what else did you do? She goes, nothing. So it it was all emotionally based. And they wanted to do a hysterectomy on her. Well, it's true. I mean, if you don't want problems with any organs, you cut them all out, right? That's right. (laughs) But it doesn't get rid of the emotional piece that was trapped in the organ in the first place. That's right. So so people that have cancer in an organ, then they cut it out. It goes somewhere else. It just goes somewhere else. But the original thing, you know, the new location, it just like piggybacks on the old one and finds the next most vulnerable organ. It kind of goes with the, with the principle that any health problem is systemic. It's not isolated to one particular part of the body. Correct. It's all connected. Correct. And between levels, too, physical is always systemic in the sense that it's got an emotional counterpart of some kind. So when things hit the physical level, it means that it is so backed up emotionally in your body that you're presenting with physical symptoms. Right. Yeah. And your, your comment about the hormone balances is really interesting because I think one of the downfalls of the modern medical model is being taught that they really have an understanding of how things work. If they had an understanding of how things work, 99% of what they do, they would never do. Because they would know immediately, this is ridiculous, you know. And for thousands of years, things have been known, probably from the beginning of humans, that, you know, you don't get a paper copy of the owner's manual, but it's accessible in consciousness if you get quiet enough inside. Well, you know, it's interesting. In uh, Sumerian culture, Mm -hmm. they actually had three different kinds of healers. They had the... You know, what we would consider the doctors, you know, that would give you herbs and supplements, set your bones and do things on a very physical level. And they were the lowest paid Uh people because this is like a price chart, you know, and then they had like a different level. And then they had one that was kind of like a medical intuitive that interacted with you on a very spiritual level, maybe chanted with you, you know, kind of like you would think like a Native American shaman you know would pray over you you know do things on a more spiritual level to help you recover and so that idea that there's something wrong going on inside of you not just physically but emotionally goes back you know thousands and thousands of years and you find it in every culture on the planet right and almost everybody now i mean one of the other things that you find disagreeable in modern medicine is that everything falling apart gradually, what they call degeneration and normal aging, that that's somehow normal. Mm-hmm. And and you see it happening almost universally. So 
because it's so common, it's considered to be normal. And I'm saying there's a big difference between common and true normal, which may be forgotten at this point. Well, I mean, and you kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier, you know, but there are, you know, just what they identify as three different ways that you can get sick. You know, the psycho-spiritual, which we've been talking about, Uh you know, you can break something, you know, so, you know, or injure yourself some way, which is the second, you know, and then is based. And then the third one is like some kind of virus or bacteria that comes in from your environment that you take into your body, which is the third kind. And I've added my own fourth kind, which is neglect. You know, in this day and age, we are taught to neglect ourselves. You know, we're taught to eat crappy. We're taught to not exercise. You know, now if, I mean, I go to the gym every day, you know, and people are like, wow, you go to the gym every day. It's like, yeah, I go to the gym every day, you know, and I eat right. (laughs) I, I like hearing about that. But it's it's like a lost thing, you know, and it's not like we're walking five miles to work or school or right. we're cleaning out the barn or, you know, bailing hay. We, we yeah. have very sedentary lives. And so, you know, going to the gym is kind of like, you know, what you can do. I mean, unless you like go out and run or, you know, do some yeah. kind of activity because we right. don't have it in our daily lives anymore. Yeah. In fact. Not just weight bearing exercise, but also flexibility and endurance things that may be several different kinds of exercise like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, these days, I, you know, with some of my clients, it's like I would take anything. Yeah. It's I would be happy, you know, if you could like walk around a little bit, that would be yeah. good. <laughs> Stand up from the couch once in a while, things like that. Pretty so, much. So, what do you think is happening if people do all that? What's left that makes them fall apart? Um, you know, a lot of so-called scientists, which I say so-called because real science, I think, has been forgotten, where you used to question everything and be open to correcting what you think and might be wrong. Now it's memorizing acceptable information from health mm-hmm. authorities and organizations. Um, they talk about telomeres, you know, being... Um, a cause of aging, I don't believe it for a second. I, th- I think what they find is something along the chain of causation that's not the original cause. That's just a sign of what's happening. But if you're doing things right, why are the people who seem to be living, you know, in a pretty good way, according to what you're saying, and they still end up falling apart? What's going on with that? You know, the body is a self-healing organism. It should be able to stay in really good shape until you're done with a lifetime. I think that would be normal. I mean, I don't have an answer for that, you know, and so my, all right, a specific answer, but I'm going to kind of shift the perspective a little bit. Okay. You know, if you look around the natural world, everything has a cycle, you know, you have a dog, the dog dies, you have a plant, you know, it dies. And I'm not talking about dying now. I'm differentiating between dying, dying and, and condition away. while you're alive. Well, I think there's a certain psychological, but I think even with older animals, they become more infirm and they become more frail, you know, as they age. I'm just really looking at that and say, what are the possibilities with that? 
We know there are some because there's a big difference in condition of people depending on their lifestyle. And like you said, Mm -hmm. exercise and eating garbage and stuff like that. But how far can we take that? And, you know, for thousands of years, it's been understood that getting rid of the toxic residues that make it seem like something is caused by a microorganism, but actually they're they're saturating your body all the time. You don't really, this model that Pasteur either came up with or stole from Bichamp or wherever he got it, it's the idea that microorganisms cause disease, but and that's great for selling drugs, especially antibiotics. But if you look at the terrain theory, that's saying that if if there's undigested garbage and other kinds of toxic residues from the environment or wherever building up in your body, the microorganisms know their job, which is to come in Mm -hmm. and start breaking it down. Mm -hmm. And that produces corrosive byproducts that cause trouble, you know, and if the terrain is kept clean, which they understood long ago was inversions of fasting, you know, stop for a while and your body starts to detox when you stop eating. And then start mm-hmm. again. Um, how uh, my question is: How far could you take that? How much do you really have to break down before you die? I I don't have an answer for that. That's like a really kind of philosophical kind of question. I don't I, I don't have an answer. I'm just going to be honest. I don't but I'm going to throw a little. I'm going to throw a little twist in there. Okay. Um, and so this is just me kind of throwing out a weird little speculation. So um, I'm going to go back to the Sumerians because people know the Sumerians, you know, and what I, one of the things I like about them is that their culture ended and they were kind of locked in place, you know, as far as there wasn't new mythology. It didn't get corrupted like Egyptian culture, which has been going on for forever. And so everything's just kind of a nightmare of nightmares. It just completely ended. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and then disappeared. You know, and became unknown until relatively recently. Uh-huh. You know, so there's the Sumerian kings list, you know, where the early kings lived for, you know, I think one lived for like 418,000 years. I mean, like really, really long time. Yeah, you know, things so, that would be unbelievable now. Um, you know, and so obviously there's the whole speculation that they were aliens, which is possible. Um, but... One of the things that happens not around the time where their lives were extended lives to shorter lives was the development of wheat. And when was that supposed to have happened? So, um, okay, Elmer Wheat was developed 30,000 years ago which is around the time where lifespans start getting shorter. Um, And then contemporary wheat bread was um, 10,000 years ago. And wonder bread was 50 years ago. (laughs) I don't know. I would think it's more like 75, you know, the one. I was listening to the songs about how great wonder bread was when I was growing up. And I know it has, um, what is it? It builds strong bodies in 12 ways, I think. I'm not, I don't remember what the 12 ways are, but it's just fantastic. I mean, if you eat, the more Wonder Bread you eat, the longer you live, for sure. Was yeah. the, the idea of the commercial. 
Well, they have to do something because it, you know, and I think it was Wonder Bread because they actually put vitamins into it. They did put they, vitamins they in. Enhanced yeah. it. Absolutely. You know, so they took something totally crappy and, uh, you know, here yeah. we'll take all of the, the, the good part of the wheat out and right. make it be like candy and ha- get people addicted to it. And, um, but they, we'll like put some vitamins in it to make it better. And at that point, they didn't even have the advanced GMOs that we have now. Well, you know, and there are some people that speculate, you know, there's all these people talking about, you know, uh, gluten intolerance, you know, and everybody having these gut issues and having to be gluten free and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, and I truly think that it's all the GMOs, you know, and the manipulation of the wheat that's happened that people are having issues with. Many doctors, I heard of several in California recently that all they did is take their their patients completely off GMO food, mm-hmm. no GMO ingredients. So the only way to do that is certified organic because they can have glyphosate in the non-GMO food and things like that. And they cured all kinds of diseases I just, believe by, it. just by doing that. I believe it. Could have done you know, it just well. makes me go, why are we doing this to ourselves? You know, why are we creating a food structure that isn't beneficial? I don't think it's we. You know, people aren't knowingly doing that to themselves. They're being taught. Right. But I'm talking about the scientists and researchers and the people that are developing this stuff. It's like, you know, you're doing this to your own children. You're doing this to your grandchildren. Yeah, but they're they're educated. And education nowadays is is memorization. And they memorize this is really advanced and it's really good for you. And we're going to give it to the starving third world people so they can get healthy eating GMOs. And they most of them actually believe it. I mean, like Pop-Tarts are part of a good breakfast. I mean, come on. Absolutely. Yeah, because they're fortified. (laughs) That's right. It's that sugar coating on top that makes them be even better. I, I know in the academic world, we're taught you don't question things. That's the old-fashioned version of science. You ask, what does CDC say? What does FDA say? What, what do the government agencies say? What does the UN say? What does the World Homicide Organization, I mean the World Health Organization, <laughs> what, do, what do they say? You know, and you, you follow these authorities, and that's what science is now. And it's like people walking around as zombies thinking they're really educated. I'm glad I don't like hang out in those circles because they really wouldn't like me because I'm always asking questions and always going, well, well, yeah, but what about this? Exactly. <laughs> Wait, what about this? That used to be the essence of science. You know, you, even with what you think is true, if you're brave enough, you have to ask, is it true? Let's test it. Because if it is true, it's going to show it is. There's no danger. And if it isn't, you get closer to what is true. You know, in a couple of my other books, I really go into the mythic record, which is why I know so much about the Sumerians, because I did a really big survey of myth from around the world and looking at indigenous cultures. And I like looking at source documents if I can find them. Um, And so in a lot of cultures, the closest thing to source that is available are the early ethnographers that went to Australia, that went to South America and wrote about different things. Mm -hmm. 
And it's interesting because you find a line of narrative that, okay, like today is beyond politically incorrect, uh, <laughs> but it's honest, you know, and it does ask questions and it does explore things from a, I want to understand this and learn it perspective, uh-huh. kind of. Um, and then in like the mid 20s to early 30s, it changed. It became much more censored, much more, we need to stay inside this box and pre- present that piece of information forward. Yeah. I, I haven't seen much real education anymore in the system anyway. But you, you mentioned something that you wrote, right? Is, are things that you wrote available for people to read? Sure. I mean, all of my books are available on my webpage, which is soulhealer.com, S-O-U-L-H-E-A-L-E-R.com, soulhealer.com. I have to sit here and just take a little pause. All of them are also available on like amazon.com, blah, blah, blah. How many books are there? Um, six total. You want to tell the titles? Okay. So there is my newest book, which is The Dysfunctional Dance of the Empath and Narcissist which talks about uh, getting out of healing yourself so that you don't have to keep getting into toxic relationships. Okay, um, that'd be useful. I have two books that really deal with, you know, and I'm going to say ancient alien theory um, because there really wasn't any other way to frame it. Um, but it looks at our history based on the mythic record. You know, so one book starts with in the beginning and it ends with the flood narrative and tells our history based on myth from around the world. You know, so it's not like the Egyptians said this and I took it for, you know, like, okay, this is it. You know, now if the Egyptians said this and you have somebody in South America telling basically the same story. That's a clue to something. No, and then it's in Australia, too. Okay, maybe we got something going on here. Right. Um, and then the follow-on book, so that's uh, E.T. Chronicles, What Myth and Legend Have to Say About Human Origin. Or you can also get the original version, which is man-made, The Chronicles of Our Extraterrestrial Gods, which has a way cooler cover, I think a cooler name, and comes complete with spelling and grammar mistakes. Uh, <laughs> Intentionally? Well, that was mine. And then a publisher picked it up and changed the title and changed the cover. And they actually like had like a real editor go in and clean it up. Okay. So, I mean, it's the same book, you know, but it's like a where's Waldo. You know, my writing is like, where's Waldo? It's like, where's the spelling mistake? So, you know, it can be fun. Um, But then the follow on book is called Stepping Out of Eden. And it looks at the journey of humanity. You know, because I just am looking in the first book at this timeline of what's going on 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 the planet. And then in the next book, it says, okay, so how do we fit in and why do humans act human? See, you would like this book, you know, because no one, you know, people talk about archaeology and they talk about anthropology, but they never talk about the cultural aspect of how do humans become humans? Why do we have similar cultures and beliefs and you know rules around marriage and rules around adultery and concepts about spirituality that transcend the planet you know and in other words the same type of patterns come up in all different cultures you mean correct okay you know but they are fundamental to 
the development of humanity, like language. You know, you can't have language unless there is an agreement within a group of people as if I say deer, that we all know what deer is, you know. And so so, you're saying, how did that evolve in in an economic You know, and I maybe don't have answers, but I raise I raise a lot of questions. It's kind of like, you know, in order for this to happen, right? this would need to happen. And how did that happen? And I, I do put some speculation in there because to me, it's a kind of Occam's razor thing. Okay. okay. Yeah. The most obvious solution. Um, and so let's see. The next book is Dark Angels, an Insider's Guide to Ghost Spirits and Attached Entities. And so it looks at ghost hunting and uh, the concept of attached entities, which I speak on a lot about. And then what do you do if you have a ghost in your house kind of thing? Um, And then I have a book, Avoiding the Cosmic 2x4, which is really kind of relevant to what we talked about today, which talks about why we get sick from a spiritual, a a psycho-spiritual perspective. Mm -hmm. And it looks at illness using the chakra system and the Kabbalah and combines them together to look at disease and the disease process from a metaphysical perspective. But it, it's pretty complicated and I think it's really good. Um, it's my most technical book. When did you um, have time to write all these books? That's a lot of work. Yeah. And then I have one more which I do not have on my website, and it's called okay. The Power Within, a Psychic Healing Primer. So that was my very first book. Okay. And that's when available did, on Amazon. When did you start writing? When is that one from? Uh, 94. Okay. So did you say they're all on Amazon or all except They're them? all on Amazon. So okay. all of them are on Amazon. Um, all of them, less The Power Within, are on my website. And what's the website? Soulhealer.com. S-O-U-L-H-E-A-L-E-R.com. Soulhealer.com. You know, and so if you buy the books directly from me, they come autographed. And that's priceless. Neat. Okay. And what kind of people do you want to talk to if somebody thinks that you can help them with a physical or non-physical issue? I mean, I'm open to speaking to anyone. You know, I find that the clients that have the best success are ones that are open to hearing whatever I maybe have to say, you know, that are not just looking for a pill or a supplement or a quick fix, you know, because sometimes it's a very physical thing that's going on. They have a sinus infection. You know, that's right. pretty straightforward. Right, right. right. Um, but... You know, where I feel like I help the most is for help to help people understand what's really going on and why they're sick in the first place. Sounds like that would be good for breaking cycles that keep coming up with the same type of problem over and over again. Plus the trauma work, you know, because there's always something in there. Mm -hmm. And what do they do if they're interested in finding out about appointments with you? Sure. I mean, so there's a lot of information on my webpage that they can find out what the sessions are like, et cetera, okay. et cetera. Um, I suggest to people to use the uh, contact form on the webpage versus okay. just like sending me a random email because right. I have a very heavy delete finger, but I always read the comments that come through or the, you know, the, 
message things that come through. And that's on the contact form. Correct. Right? On the website. Correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sounds exciting. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how your clientele changes as things develop in the outside world too. I think the, so. The more people can be free of trauma and unconsciousness, the more they can contribute to things getting better in the future, it seems to me. Mm-hmm. Right. That's if they're not all dead. <laughs> yeah. It's a big advantage not to all be dead. That's true. Yeah. Hopefully there'll be a good outcome. Okay. Neat. Well, thank you, Dr. Reed. I really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully people get in touch with you at soulhealer.com and um, hold on. We'll say goodbye in the break here. All right. Thanks for having me, Richard. My pleasure. That was great. There goes Dr. Rita Louise, you guys. I hope you found it interesting meeting her. And she really wanted to come on the show and share with you uh, what she was doing from a trauma point of view and emotional work connected to health. And that is kind of unusual. I know a lot of naturopathic physicians, and most of them are not trauma specialists. Um, and she agreed with me when we were talking before the show that in this particular time when our rulers, she's aware of what's being done with the fake pandemic. And she knows that as the rulers try to separate us from ourselves, especially with kids, though she works usually with older kids and adults, that not being able to interact with other humans increases the already high stress level. So she's doing a lot of interesting work. I I never asked her about what she charges for a session. I should have done that. But all the information's on her website, which is soulhealer.com, S-O-U-L-H-E-A-L-E-R.com. And she's apparently written, I think she said six books. And those are all available on the website too, and mostly on Amazon. Um and she's working at a distance, so it doesn't matter where in the world you are if you feel like talking to her. She helps people with relationship issues and uh, general life issues, emotional blocks, health issues, and has an unusual focus on the connection between what looks like a typical only physical problem, physical health issue with the underlying emotional counterpart that if you can identify it and release it, which is what she really focuses on doing, the physical part can heal up a lot faster. So that's uh, Dr. Rita Louise on soulhealer.com. A lot of interesting books that she's got. And you can stay in touch with us on lostartsradio.com. We read all the comments. I'm, I'm getting to where... I'm really having uh, trouble keeping up with emails. I'll still try to do those as much as possible. But we have a new uh, series starting that is uh, usually posted on the time that our Saturday uh, Lost Arts Radio live show was posting, and it's called Voice in the Wilderness. And I'm thinking if I get too behind on emails from you guys who want to communicate, I could even bring up some of them in the... uh, videos that we do from Voice in the Wilderness. So feel free to still share comments. I read all of them. And um, what else? I just, I guess if you go to the website, lostartsradio.com, you'll see all the archived shows as well as a lot of uh, videos and audios that, videos and articles that are posted almost every day on world developments that I go through all of those and 
as much as possible, keep them up to date. A lot of interesting educational material that's all free and also a, a link to Planetary Healing Club if you want to get more deeply on a personal level into this stuff. We meet interactive once a week, and Doug and I are there in person. You can join us there if you want to, working on health and uh, other levels of health other than physical physical um suppressed health health information that you won't find other places and we get to talk about it or anything else you want with respect to consciousness issues world events uh the whole spectrum of uh life experiences we are trying to help people become more uh in touch with their nor- forgotten normal state of being which is something so amazing compared to our normal unconscious state that to me, it's our main option of how to really turn things around before the extermination agenda reaches completion, which I prefer to not see go any further than it already is. So that's planetaryhealingclub.com. Contact form on the website of lostartsradio.com puts you in touch with us if you want to share anything on that. And anybody that wants to help keep us on the air without the commercials, this is all commercial free at this point. Uh, there's a donate button and a subscribe star link at lostartsradio.com. If you have the resources to help us on a financial level, that's deeply appreciated. And if not, uh, even just sharing the links is great because there's a lot of censorship and shadow banning going on, and that's very useful. So thank you for being here with us. I appreciate your time very much. Uh, the main thing I would request of you is take care of yourself. Get your physical health back as much as you can. Uh, learn about it. It's still available as knowledge, even though it's suppressed. Uh, poisonous chemicals as a way to get healthy may not be the most brilliant plan, even though it's been in the works for a long time. In modern society, it's at the root of a lot of uh, serious health issues. So learn the natural alternatives and lifestyle-related ways to get your physical health back and work on your emotional state and your conscious focus during the days and nights and it's all in your hands and the, one of the reasons i'm saying encouraging you to do that is not just to get yourself feeling better than drugs could ever do but uh, the energy that comes off of human beings that more people are learning about is very powerful and if you become integrated and conscious closer to your normal state you're affecting everybody at all distances and i'm really looking forward to your doing that because i think you're the person that could help us change the future for the better and i'm not kidding there's great potential power there so get in touch with it use it take care of yourself and it'll help everybody else we'll talk more about that as time goes on so have a good night and um Wish you the best in all parts of your life. I'll talk to you next time. Introducing Lost Arts Radio on Subscribestar.com. Just go to Subscribestar.com slash Lost Arts Radio to find our rewards program offering 10 different giving levels starting at just 5 bucks a month. We offer incredible value for any rewards level. From extra monthly interview videos not available publicly to subscription-based Planetary Healing Club videos once, twice, or three times a month, to private counseling sessions with Lost Arts Radio host Richard Sachs, to tech help with me, Doug Diamond. 
We even have one option where you can be the star on Lost Arts Radio as our guest on a specially produced show just for you. We conduct an interview with you and broadcast it to our growing network and listenership. Our subscribe star levels are one of a kind and offer great rewards for any budget. Please help support Lost Arts Radio. We can't do it without you. With increasing censorship on many of our channels, we really need your support today to keep doing what we're doing. As Richard says, we're not even at survival level yet. Lost Arts Radio has three weekly shows. Lost Arts Radio Live each Saturday night at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, which is a live stream currently on multiple platforms in case we get banned from some of the larger ones. Right now, we're on Facebook Live, Twitch, and DLive. You can access these broadcasts by going to www.lostartsradio.com live for all the links to those channels. The Planetary Healing Club meets right after Lost Arts Radio Live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Saturday nights. And our Sunday show with guests airs at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Sunday nights on our Blog Talk Radio channel, our YouTube channels, Facebook pages, and on Brideon. Be sure to sign up for our free email list just in case we do get banned on big text platforms. It's just a matter of time, really. They don't like the stuff we talk about, and they do not want the truth out there. In fact, they have already attacked us numerous times. Join our free email list so we can let you know where we are and how to access our shows. The sign-up button is right on the top right on most pages of our website. The best starting point for all things Lost Arts Radio is our main site, lostartsradio.com, where you can find the hottest news selection videos that we curate just for you. Those are on the homepage and added to daily, as well as articles and breaking news about information you really need to know. Our show archives, the 10 most recent shows, are right on our homepage, as well as our Blog Talk Radio page at blogtalkradio.com slash lostartsradio, or just click the All Things Radio Show tab right on our website. We're in the podcast directory on iTunes, and all of our shows except the banned ones are on our YouTube channel, at Lost Arts Radio. Our Brideon page is really taking off, and we often have editors' picks videos right on their homepage. Visit brideon.com slash channel slash Lost Arts Radio. On our site, you can also access our free listener forum as well as sign up for the Planetary Healing Club, which is just $25 a month, where you get private access to a one-on-one interaction with host Richard Sachs and myself and the other club members who participate live. More info can be found at planetaryhealingclub.com. We're providing solutions in there to make the world a better place. Come join us. Stay tuned because up next, you'll get to hear a really great song by an independent artist that we're doing our best to support. Go to lostartsradio.com slash music for the full list of all the great songs and bands that we spin on our audio-only podcast shows. If you're in a band and want to submit a song for consideration for airplay on Lost Arts Radio, visit my website at diamonddiscaudio.com for more information about the music placement, mastering, and mixing work that I do. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Lost Arts Radio. We love having you as part of our family to learn, experience, and grow with. If you need someone to talk to, hey baby, won't you talk to me? If you need someone to listen, you know you can always count on me. 